0: Thank you for joining us for the first in a three-part discussion on COVID-19 aid-related fraud and trends in government enforcement. My name is Susan Tran, and I'm part of Errant Fox's White Collar and Compliance Team. I'm very pleased to be joined today by the leader of our practice group, Scott Peeler, as well as one of our busiest partners, Lynn Fiorentino, to share their take on best practices.
1: Thanks. Uh, Thanks, Susan. It's great to be with you.
2: Thank you, Susan. I'm really looking forward to the discussion we're going to have.
0: I'm really, really excited to have you here. And I think it makes sense to start with a little bit of background about the Paycheck Protection Program, which we'll be referring to today today as the PPP. Now, the PPP was enacted uh, as part of the CARES Act in the earlier part of 2020 to provide assistance to small businesses during the COVID-19 shutdown. When the program closed in August after just five months, Over 5 million in loans had been approved with $525 billion in aid dispersed. The great news is that the SBA will forgive these loans if the funds are used on approved expenses, such as payroll, rent, and utilities. All of that sounds great. It's much needed aid for small businesses. So where's the risk? Scott, this is a question for you.
1: That's a great question. And I think it's really important we focus on that because that's the question we're asked a lot too. I think you have to remember earlier this year, just the amount, the reason that in essence, Congress as divided as it has been. uh, And the White House came together to do this as quickly as it did was because of the the state of the economy and the concern that everybody had uh, and the need to get much needed uh, revenue money into the hands of businesses across this country. So there was this great time crunch, and there was this great sense of urgency. and the paperwork that folks needed to fill out in order to get this loan was being done under under, let's just say a, a difficult time. Now we we fast forward. We fast forward. Uh, as you said, five million loans, okay? Then you have five uh, half over half a trillion dollars being dispersed. Now the government is doing exactly what it always does. It's looking over all of those all of those paperwork, all that paperwork that was filled out. And they're looking for any errors, any mistakes, because a lot of the time when you're talking about billions of dollars flowing out of the treasury into the hands of the economy, mistakes are viewed by the government as fraud. And when that fraud appears to be large or in their view intentional, suddenly you're talking about to us in the white collar world as potentially defending a a criminal case or an allegation of criminal conduct in the sense of somebody intentionally defrauding the government out of this aid, that's the risk.
2: And Scott, you make a great point there. I mean, you know, when you look at the level of scrutiny that the government, especially at the federal level, um, that's not to say that the state government enforcement is not also active, but really when we look at what's going on at the federal level, just in the, you know, the handful of months that this program has been active, we have seen at this point, you know, over 50 individuals, uh, sorry, over 65 individuals charged in federal court um, with over a half a billion dollars in losses. Um, And so law enforcement is looking at stolen identities bank fraud wire fraud false statements, all of the the litany of fraud related you know criminal conduct here Um, and and the scrutiny is it's high. They're they're looking closely at this. So uh, the, the Justice Department's working hand in hand with other agencies and it's 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 a very, very active space.
1: And I think the tie won't go to the runner. You know that expression, the tie goes to the runner. In this case, a tie, if there's a, if there's a question, the government will see it as fraud and likely criminal fraud. And yeah. that's that's a real concern. Definitely.
0: I guess the question that I have and other businesses have is, we're you know we're we past the application uh, aid you know initial aid application period. Now we're into loan forgiveness. So really, do businesses need to worry about the government reviewing their PPP loans and applications?
1: Absolutely. And I'm not. I'm in no way suggesting that companies need to be concerned that they did anything wrong. I think the question that you're really asking is, should they be concerned that the government will view a mistake? as potential criminal conduct and thus putting them at risk, there is no question about it. And and I also think it's important to clear up a mistake that many people have gotten earlier this year. Uh, When the Treasury Secretary Mnuchin indicated in, in a series of statements, he seemed to give the impression that as long as the loan amount was under $2 million, mistakes would not be looked at potentially as criminal. That's the way a lot of people at least heard what he said. That is not what he said. And the reality is, as, as, as I know we'll talk about, not only in today's session, but in the other sessions we're gonna be talking about as well, the government has brought a lot of cases where the amount is, is criminal, far less than $2 million. So this idea that there's sort of this amnesty of under 2 million, false, entirely false. And let's not also forget that now we can talk about the fact that a new administration will be, will be starting in January and thus adding another level of enforcement um, priorities. Uh, and, but I'm positive, I think we're all positive that the new administration will again focus on uh, this in in a significant way.
0: And that is very interesting. It definitely adds an additional layer of complexity. But let's go back to, you know, the fact that the majority of loans are for under $2 million, the the amount dispersed. So are there cases against individuals for alleged PPP fraud for loans less than $2
1: million? I it's think not example. only, yeah, of course there are, and, I, and we can talk about a bunch of them. As you said, the majority of them are under two million dollars, which is why, again, I wanted to clear this up, because there really is that idea out there that's a mistake. You know, I, there's lots of them we can talk about, and I know we will. We will. I mean, I can think about a case. Actually, it's an interesting one. There's an ophthalmologist here in New York. Uh, I think the total amount of the loan in this case was a little over six hundred thousand um, dollars. And the issue here, in when I when I tell you the facts of this case, you'll say, well, obviously that sounds like fraud. And in, in this case, it was. He had, been, he had been charged criminally with another, uh, with another uh, crime. And the, the, the loan was specifically indicated that you could not, if you've been charged with a crime, get this loan. So in the end, he ended up creating in, in the paperwork, a different name of the, of the corporate entity. I, the government's arguing in an attempt to hide the fact that he had had a prior conviction or prior charges um, and, and calling that criminal. The reality is I'm not so much interested in the facts of that case. I'm interested in the fact that could somebody make a legitimate mistake because of a DBA or the name of business has changed over time or changed? There, there are lots of areas, and I've done this long enough, and Lynn, you, we've all, Susan, we've all done this long enough to know there are lots of things that are really just mistakes or the complexities of life that isn't criminal conduct. But again, the government is laser focused on mistakes equal fraud. And therefore, these, these things can get out of hand in a hurry.
2: That's a great point you make, Scott. I mean, it's the smaller mistakes—the DBA um, estimating the payroll. You're a little off, maybe because you're in a hurry. You want it. You need to get this money. You're, you know, you're getting panicked. You're a small business owner, and so the numbers aren't quite right. And the government looks at that and they say, "Oh, fraud." And when it really may not be, there may not be that intent there at all. And so we're getting you know, so many calls right now from clients and, and potential clients that are calling asking for our help with this. So it's it's rampant out there. Uh, so those are great, great points. Um, you know, I've been following these cases in California and I, I think that um, we do seem maybe more of the, in the beginning of this, the the more, you know, flagrant fraud, if you will. Um, and, and one case that really struck me was, a uh, gentleman down in San, San Fernando Valley, I believe, and he had he had borrowed around 800,000 um, under, under the PPP, but he, he had a shell company and he was using that money um, in a shell company, but he also submitted forged tax documents and then tried to transfer the money into a personal bank account. So there's all these layers of fraud going on. Um, and when the bank investigators started looking into this and seeing something's not quite right here, the guy actually fled the country. Uh, so that's a really interesting one that that I've seen and followed. But I, and I think as time goes on, we're going to see less of the more flagrant ones and ones that are more sort of on that question of that gray area that, that you and I've talked about so many times, Scott. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think once the government really gets the higher hanging fruit, we're going to be looking at more of the lower hanging fruit in this area. So, but yep. that's one that stands out to me in California.
1: Agreed.
0: Gotcha. Those are really interesting uh, cases, examples, very clearly under that $2 million threshold that, you know, everybody thinks exists. But thanks very much, Scott and Lynn, for joining us today. It's very clear that SBA, the DOJ, other federal agencies are scrutinizing these aid applications. Join us next time when we'll be discussing the DOJ's focus on uncovering COVID-19 Uh, related financial fraud, as well as enforcement trends at the state level. Thanks very much, Scott and Lynn.
1: Thanks, everybody. Thanks.